Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real-life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today on the DJE Podcast. Hope you're having a wonderful day. My guest today is Pete Reese. California. Uh, him and his wife have a company called Turning Profit, but we spent the majority of the podcast talking about uh, land stuff and land investing, which is a subject near and dear to my heart because we started investing in land a number of years ago in Texas. And we do it a little different than, than Pete does. Um, we, we're buying bigger stuff. You know, we buy 500 to 1,000 acre uh, ranches usually something sometimes a little smaller than that and and Pete and his wife are buying stuff from 20k to 500k and so they have this whole kind of elaborate system around where they find it because they've got uh, they're buying this stuff nationwide so they'll go in buy it and use local agents to sell it and uh, so it kind of walks through the whole business model how they set it up what the team looks like a lot of parallels to say like house flipping where you're kind of partnering up maybe with somebody for the capital and somebody else is doing the work, but really good margins. And they've been able to grow the business uh, a lot. And so I always just love talking to entrepreneurs, people that are full-time real estate investors and figuring out what makes them tick. And Pete's a, a great guy, high energy guy. He's got a really cool podcast set up too. If you're inclined to go look at this on YouTube, um, he's got a really nice setup and kind of has, has done it right. So the video aspect of it there was really cool too, but we dig in on, on the whole thing, the team. Um, he's a podcast host, him and his wife host a podcast as well called turning a profit. And they kind of walk through the whole business model. He's, he started a community as well. So they've got a community of folks that are, they're doing land deals. And um, I had a lot of fun, a lot of fun talking with Pete. I think you're going to enjoy it. Cool dude. Uh, entrepreneur. And that's who I like to talk to, pick their brain, find out what makes them tick. And I always learn something along the way. Hope you do too. So we'll get into the show with Pete. First, a note from our sponsors. And as always, if you're inclined to leave a five-star review, huge help. Thank you so much. Thank you in advance. And well, let's get into the episode with Pete after a word from our sponsors. Thanks, guys. This episode is brought to you by DJE Texas Management Group, a San Antonio, Texas-based real estate investment firm with a track record of transacting on several hundred million dollars of multifamily land and industrial deals throughout Texas. EJE's been in business for over a decade and is approaching 100 team members in San Antonio. To learn more about DJE, visit djetexas.com or the link in the show notes of this episode. This episode's also brought to you by apartmenteducators.com a complete ecosystem for professionals to learn how to find, finance, and operate large multifamily properties for profit. You can get started with a free mini course and learn more at apartmenteducators.com or visit the link in the notes. Pete, welcome. How are you, my man? I'm doing great, Devin. Uh, thanks for having me here. Really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, glad to have you on. And uh, love, we were talking earlier, love your video setup. So if you guys are listening on the um iTunes or whatever, go check out the YouTube too. Uh, I just appreciate it as a, as a fellow, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of audio and video gear um, geek. Definitely appreciate your setup, man. So love it. Thanks. I appreciate it. Well, yeah, someday I'm going to change the color. I keep the colors the same, but maybe someday I'll 
spice it up a little bit, change it up. <laughs> yeah, that, that's an easy swap out, right? I mean, you yeah, yeah. Buy some new, some new lights, but well, cool, man. Well, um, thanks for coming on the show. How about just kind of some some background for folks that that don't know you? What's um, you know, what what are you guys into? What are you guys up to with real estate? And how you know, I always like to figure out how'd you get to, um, you know, the real estate game. Yeah, well, it's been kind of a long journey to get to where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. I started with real estate like a lot of other people, you know, buying their first home. And myself and my wife, we bought our first home in year 2000 in San Diego here. And it was mm-hmm. FHA loan, you know, standard three bedroom, two bath home, three and a half percent down. We yeah. held it for two years, made about 50,000 on it. And I thought it was a real estate mogul. <laughs> um, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> took that money and put it into a bigger house that needed more work. Did some fix up on that. Um, we ended up getting into house flipping way back then. And so we were doing really well with that. And then the market crashed. Uh, well, actually, right before the market crashed, I had actually gotten my broker's license because I was getting all my deals on the market, Yep, on the MLS. And I thought, well, I could have, if I have my license, I can show myself the properties. I can have access to the deals right away. Yeah. So that's why I did it. But when the market crashed, Flipping really wasn't the best business to be in at that time because the buyers dried up. You know, cash buyers were there, but not, you know, your standard retail buyers because financing really was what dried up. Yeah. So then I was like, well, what to do now? I had this license and I thought, well, I can I can sell foreclosure properties. So I focused on selling REO properties for banks. So that was uh, being a listing broker for them. That was my 100% my focus for a number of years. And that worked out well. I mean, I was actually doing well at a time when a lot of other people were struggling in real estate. So it felt fortunate for that. But I got a lot of good connections doing that as well. Like a, a lot of larger investment companies were buying in San Diego. So mm-hmm. I was for a while there, I was just finding them deals for a number of years. And that was great that they would buy everything I could find them. That was a deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that was great. And then Got out of real estate altogether for uh, a number of years doing a business with my wife, um, blogger and travel blogger training business, like an online education business. Yeah. And that was great. That was very um, fulfilling and successful business. But I got the itch to get back into real estate because that was my, I uh, felt like that was always my calling and, and investing specifically. So mm-hmm. I was looking around for different models to do and I stumbled into some stuff about land flipping. and kind of just went down this rabbit hole on and I would see people posting stuff online about, Hey, I bought this property for 10,000 and I sold it for 30,000. And I thought to myself, well, that's pretty cool. You know, I'd love to be able to triple my money on those type of numbers, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so that's what kind of got me hooked on it. We resold our first land flip in March of 2021 and then 2021, which was a partial year ended up doing about one point. 2 million and some change in revenue and about 50% gross profit margin. So on average, we're trying to double our money on every deal. And that's short-term holds, you know, 60 day hold time on average. And then 2022 ended up doing uh, almost three and a half million in revenue and just shy of the 50% profit margin, but still pretty close to that. And then 2023, looking to do 10 million plus. So trying to scale it as quick as we can. Man, that's awesome. Love it. Well, congratulations on that. Um, I love Thanks. land deals. They're so, there's fewer moving parts, I guess. There's a lot yeah, of Yeah, easy. But <laughs> I mean, real estate is, uh, it's funny people say real estate this, real estate that. Real estate is a million different things, right? It's not. Yeah, it's yeah. endless. Commercial, residential, office, multifamily, land. It's all so different. 
So how, so man, that's really cool. And I love the trajectory. Um, and I have so many questions on how you guys are approaching it, but what type of deals, what's a buy box for you, right? Like, what is it? Is it infill stuff? Is it rural? What kind of size? Um, is it super specific what you guys are looking for or, you know, how, how do you, how do you look at, how do you look at deals and know if it's a deal? Yeah. Yeah. Good, good questions. You know, we look at pretty much rural, rural properties and yeah. we're the whole gamut, you know, most of the stuff now in, in most of the areas, that's 10 acres plus, okay. you know, all the way up to biggest property we bought was 650 acres, but nice. I'm not restricted by that. I would go way larger if, if a deal fell, you know, if I, if I was able to generate a deal. Yeah. But um, yeah. So, you know, 10 in a lot of these areas, 10 acres is kind of the minimum. Some areas that are more populated, but are still pretty active for us. We'll go down to five acres, but I try not to do the infill lots. Uh, I like to do properties that are at least, at least can be used for recreational purposes. And in a lot of areas, that's kind of 10 acres plus is what people are looking for. But also, you know, the potential for a home site as well. We try to buy those ones that we think are buildable as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of what we're looking at. But you know, as far as purchase prices go, you know, at, at this point, I'm trying to stay at. You know, this is no not a hard and fast rule. Whenever there's a deal, I'll buy it pretty much. But twenty thousand is kind of like the minimum deal. So we're we're kind of doing now, mm-hmm. and then you know, purchase price, and you know, highest is you know. 500,000, 600,000, somewhere in that range, just, Mm -hmm. just depends. But, but a lot of the stuff ends up being, you know, like 20,000 to 150,000 purchase price somewhere, somewhere in there. Yeah. You guys just coming in cash or you got some more sophisticated financing mechanism or how do you, how do you attack? Yeah. uh, At this point we've been doing everything cash except for a couple larger deals, which we partnered on. Mm -hmm. And in this business, kind of the way the partner situation works is that you've got the investor that finds the deals and gets the deal locked up. And then you get the money partner, which basically brings the money to the deal. Yep. And then you partner on it and you split the profits 50, 50. Yeah. So it's, it's a good model. deal. You know, you know, if you're, if you're buying things at the discount, you should be buying at in this business, then, uh, then it's a real win-win. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, Okay, so we do land stuff a little bit different. We do rural land stuff, and we force appreciation by changing the size, right? So buy 500 acres, and we'll sell five 100 acre tracks, and you know it's like a wholesale retail thing. We're taking it from a small buyer pool, somebody's buy 500 acres, and taking it to a larger buyer pool, somebody that wants to buy 100 acres, and and we can we can force some appreciation because of that. Are you guys? forcing appreciation another way? Are you just buying right? Cause people don't know what it's worth or like, how, how do you create your spread in a, in a situation like that? Yeah, it's a, it's a combination of things. Some properties, it's simply that we're the convenience buyer. We're the cash quick close. We're, yeah. we're there when they need us. They don't have yep. to list it with an agent, go through this whole marketing period or, sure. you know, do anything to their property in any way. I mean, we'll pay all the closing costs, everything like that. Um, and then in some, uh, some, properties, we do minor value add stuff. We might do something as minor as getting some paths cleared, some brush cleared on the property. We might get it surveyed. Uh, And then we do some more extensive value add stuff. Sometimes we'll do the lot splits like you're talking about. We'll take a Mm -hmm. large property, subdivide it into numerous parcels, maybe get some perk tests done on those. And uh, so, and then we can sell them off individually for a higher amount. 
So it kind of depends on the area, you know, if there's that upside, depends on the property too, you know, like, so if we can get away with subdividing something with a lot of a road frontage, it's a lot easier rather than subdividing yep. something where we've got to put in a long road, which we just got done with, by the way, I had to put in a half mile road and I didn't realize how expensive it was going to be. Yeah. So it would have, <laughs> it would have been better for me to just sell that property as one resell that property as one parcel. Uh, but after all the work I had to put into it, I probably made about the same amount, but you know, live and learn. Yeah. I mean, if it ends up in the project ends up profit, you know, profitable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't complain. <laughs> live and learn. What kind of roads do you guys have to do? Is it you just clear it or do you do in it? that area? In that area, it was, uh, you know, clear the, clear the, uh, you know, it was like clearing through the forest really for a half mile long and then have it graded and then gravel. So I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys looking nationwide or just in your backyard or how do you, how do you, where nationwide? You yeah. Nationwide. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We, we rarely do anything in California. You know, if deals come up, we would do that, but easier, a lot of other states are easier to transact business. Mm -hmm. And I'm a, I've got a broker's license here. So I know everything there is to know about uh, California real estate, but uh, no, I don't know everything. I, I should take that back. I don't, <laughs> but I know how to do deals in California for sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's easier in a lot of other states. So. Gotcha. So on the exit, so I totally get it. In some ways, it's kind of parallels like a cash buyer for a house or flipping business, right? It's like yep. the money oh, yeah. thing, the cash offer. Hey, just, you know, don't, don't worry about the repairs. We're just going to be the easy buyer. Like I like right. that. Um, so, so I love all that. Super simple. You're not really dealing with a ton of contractors or a lot of construction risk like you are with flipping houses. I mean, super difficult to go in there and take a, old beat up house and restore it in a super tight time frame that you need to land is just a different animal um on the exit is your end buyer typically you know just that person looking for some recreational dirt or they're they're getting a bank loan on it or or what do you see for your for your end user we list all of our properties with the local real estate agents and brokers. So we've got actually limited kind of uh, direct access with the buyers. But from, from what I can tell, most of the time, they're either buying it for recreational property or a potential home site, or maybe thinking recreation now with the potential down the road. So th that's kind of the most of the buyers, I think. And and a lot of them are actually cash, uh, but some sometimes they get land loans, uh, more frequently, they're probably tapping into some home equity or something like that in order to get, you know, become a cash buyer. Yeah. Nobody wants to mess with the bank if they can avoid it. Yeah. Are you guys doing any owner financing on these or are you just all, always selling them outright cash? I don't do any owner financing personally. I did uh, recently hook up with a, with a, a note buyer, basically the note buying yeah. company. And basically what they'll do is they, they kind of let me know exactly what the terms need to be. Yeah. I offer, you know, I can offer owner financing and then sell the note right at closing to them. I like that. Yeah. Um, it's great. It's a great situation. Great way to move certain properties, you know? Right. Yeah. It just gives you optionality, right? Gives yeah. You some, um, are they wanting to buy it at 60% of the mortgage value or how do, how do they like to operate? Yeah. You have to, you have to do a discount. So it's in this yep. case, it's a, it's a 20% uh, discount. So basically 80% they'll pay you, but you know, you kind of know your numbers going in. You can figure out if the deal works for for you to do it in that way. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, the the buyers, you know, they even have like the the criteria for the buyer. You know, basically, the buyer just needs. I think it's a six forty credit score. 
that's the only thing they look at. Just pull yeah. that and as long as they get six forty and they put twenty per- and and the buyer has to put twenty percent down as well. Sure. sure. So then it's uh you know it's they'll they'll do the deal. So yeah, that's interesting. I like the owner finance stuff because the way I think about it is like they're basically paying me to let it appreciate. And if they default in three years, and it might have get appreciated, it back. Yeah. and it's dirt. I mean, they, maybe they burned all the trees down. Yeah. But more than likely, they probably built a house on it or something. That, yeah, put up some fencing, did something else, you know, like <laughs> did some improvements. So yeah. we haven't had any default yet. I was talking to, um, and not that I expect any to, but it's, it's it's been great. These guys are paying. We have a note servicer um, out of Louisiana, Southern Loan Servicing. They handle all of it. They they bill the borrower. So, you know, 40 bucks a month or something. So it, they literally just direct deposit our our stuff. And, and, uh, so I, I've enjoyed that. Um, and haven't had any defaults. I was talking to one note buyer was saying, um, Hey man, if you could show me, you know, a 12 month payment history, that's like really attractive for, for us. So we might explore some of that where we've got some notes we've had for a couple of years, they're all performing and all right, maybe, you know, offload some of those and kind of, kind of cash it in, but definitely a cool business. And like being in multifamily, I just really appreciate the simplicity of these uh, of these land deals and these. these I know. Notes. They're Seriously. Just like, like, what am I missing? This is too easy because the multi <laughs> super hard. By, by yeah, well, that's the thing, you know, so I come from, you know, the home flipping thing, as we talked about. And yeah, yeah. there's so many moving pieces. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, with the renovations and lots of unknowns, oh, you yeah. think, you know, but you really don't until you really get into it. You start ripping and- walls down. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you know, you're dealing with other parties, contractors and supply issues and things like that. And it's just a lot of things to manage. And, you know, you hope everything goes perfectly. And and not to, not to say that everything always goes perfectly on land because, sure. you know, some deals, I, I haven't, knock on wood, I haven't lost any money on any deals yet. There was awesome, a couple man. I came pretty close, meaning yep. I made 500 or $1,000, but I consider those wins considering I got out of them without losing any money. So oh, sometimes that's absolutely yeah. a win. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. But cool. How, how are you guys, Um, you know, how's the family involved in all this? So this is, are you still doing broker other types of brokerage activity or is, is the whole family all in on the land biz or how do y'all set that up? Yeah, I don't do any sort of other broker activity. I keep my license because, you know, always looking for, homes and things around here. So just for yeah. that purpose, but, yep. um, but as far as the family goes, my wife, Heather, she's a kind of co-host on our podcast that we just started not too long ago. And she does kind of the back end of the business, you know, meaning bookkeeping, uh, you know, paying bills, all, all that kind of stuff, basically handling the money side of things. Sure. And then I'm kind of the front end. I've got a large team kind of built out to handle pretty much all the different roles within the business now and just kind of overseeing that and approving deals and things. Uh, my kids actually, they took an interest into what, you know, I was doing with the land flipping and they came to me and they said, Hey, uh, dad, we think we could, we think we could do this too. Could you teach me how to do it? Teach us how to do it. And, nice. uh, my two older ones, that is the 20 and 22 year old girls, they, they had $8,000 that they pulled together between them, 4,000 each. And they had a corporation that they had started for some other purpose that didn't didn't do anything with it. Uh-huh. So what they did, I I just started giving them some of the smaller deals that were you know like five seven thousand dollar purchase price that I really wasn't that interested in. Mm-hmm. And over the course of six deals, they took that eight thousand dollars and they parlayed it into eighty four thousand. 
So it's just flipping land. Yeah. So, and they oh, haven't, you know, they were had hooked, to, right? Yeah. Now they love it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool, man. That yeah. is so cool. What, at what age is, so I've got kids too. My oldest 13. Um, and they see me doing stuff, but they're still right. so young. What ages did your daughters start like actually kind of pushing money around on this stuff? Uh, you know, they're 22 and 20 now, and it was really about a year and a half ago. Okay. I mean, cool. you know, my, the, the, they, they've always kind of taken an interest. They always know what we're doing and their interest and involved in some way in their businesses. We try to teach them as much as we can about that stuff. And, um, we had, we have them on the payroll, but, uh, you know, I have them doing other jobs and at the beginning, you know, before they really even thought about doing it themselves, I was just having them evaluate properties like day after day after day, evaluating properties learning how to do that part of it. And I think that's kind of what really got them interested in it. And they realized it's not really rocket science and, you know, they, they really thought that they could do it themselves, which I thought was great. And that, that would be, I would love to see them um, continue with it and, you know, turn it into some huge thing where they don't have to really work for anyone ever. So, Right. Yeah, I mean, they've got the framework, the skill set, and then the mentorship. Um, kind of, it's kind of their thing to to lose, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> that's right. I worry about my kids. Like, oh man, y'all don't have any perspective. Like, this is all very hard won knowledge for me. That looks easy because of everything I've been through building the companies. You guys are just the direct beneficiaries of that. You, you, you know, it's like, but the the kids don't have any context for that. They're like, oh, it's just yeah, how they don't. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and it's it's one of those things you can't really force. I don't think you can't say, no. "Oh, you're yep. you know you're gonna learn this, you're gonna do that." Like, nope. Uh, either they take a liking to it or not. You know, maybe they go off and do something completely unrelated. I don't know, but I guess it's it, you know it's their life. Um, but yep. yeah, you can lead a horse to water. I think about that a lot yeah. because I don't want to, I don't want to tell my kids about it too much because then they're gonna be like, "Oh, that's dad's thing. That's not cool. Yeah. We don't do that." So. I'm like, should I tell you guys to to not do it? And then maybe you'll want to do it. I don't know. I Who knows? Yeah, I, all I can right. do is I think just kind of hopefully show them. Um, you just never know what's going to spark them. My middle son really got into golf in the last year, which was like a dream come true for me because we had exposed him to it and and didn't take for my boys. And then one day he just wanted to play golf and he's really getting after it. And I, and I asked him like, why, why the sudden interest in golf? And he goes, I saw you went on that trip with your buddies to Scottsdale to play golf. And, and I want to do that with you. And I was like, that was the thing, huh? I know I, I, I just went on a trip with some buddies and that was for some, so it's almost like random to That's see what funny. sparks their interest, you know? Um, but hopefully they're hanging around the hoop enough, seeing dad do deals that they, uh, that they get the bug or maybe they go work for a job and realize like, all right, yeah, this sucks. My yeah. alternative here, my, my alternatives. <laughs> yeah. So how do you guys, um, you know, are you working a ton? Do you have, I guess let's get down to kind of like lifestyle design as entrepreneur, you kind of get this freedom. You got a team. Do you, do you show up nine to five and work on deals or do y'all do you travel? How do you structure that? I'm, I'm always curious for the people that have the option to do that and have kind of a freedom of schedule, how you choose to put that together for you guys. Yeah, right now I'm working a ton. Like I, I get up, well, I get up at 4.50 every morning. I go work out. But after I go work out, I come back and I'm, I just get right into work. And I'm yep. working until normally late afternoon. And then then at that point, um, go for a walk with 
with Heather, my wife, and we normally go for, you know, three to five mile walk somewhere in that range that takes a while. And then that brings us up to dinner. And then after dinner, I'm up like on my computer working again until like nine o'clock or something like that. So uh, I'd love to say I'm at the point where I don't have to do any of that stuff. I'm continuously trying to get to the point where I don't have to do everything, but right. I, haven't, right. I haven't reached that point yet. Plus, I'm I'm doing I'm putting in a lot of effort into the podcast and kind of building a training program around oh, cool. land flipping. Nothing that's not, nothing. It's going to be free, um, but oh, wow. I, I'm building a community and stuff around it too. But okay, cool. So, so well, let's hear about that. What's what's yeah. um what's what's that looking like, and how are you building that out? Yeah, so I I just at the beginning of January I started a community for people that are interested in land flipping, and it's really kind of um, kind of uh really taking off for me um it's people that are both brand new and interested in land flipping also some some really experienced land flipping investors in there some that are making over you know a million dollars net a year awesome and kind of the whole gamut i've got deal partners in there looking for people to partner with on deals so it's been kind of really fun to kind of uh you know my role is to just kind of bring everyone together i bring awareness to the community to get more people in it and also obviously educate people that are interested in learning about land flipping. So, which, you know, all, all of that kind of stuff I'd love to do. It's really, really kind of fun. Um, so yeah, so that's, uh, been, been building that and it's been, been a real good time. And I'm, I'm working on this training program that I said, which is, it's going to be completely free and it's pretty much everything that's up here about land flipping. So I'm trying to do my best that I could possibly do on it, putting it together. And, you know, I know as part of that, uh, I'll benefit because I'll be able to partner on a lot of deals with people. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, we've got some things down the road. We'll probably do like a higher end mentorship program if there's interest sure. for it. But, but for this part, um, I'm doing something completely free that other providers out there charge a lot of money for. So. Cool. I love it, man. Yeah. And then you create a community and then you get people to partner with people to bring deals, yeah. split deals with fund them. I mean, if, if you're going, um, you're looking at dirt nationwide. You're not going to run out, you know? No. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm a pilot. I fly a helicopter and a, a lot of time I'm oh, flying awesome. around Texas and I'm like, you know, we're never going to run out of deals. I'm just looking around. It's just, you know, hundreds of Fast. thousands of acres of dirt everywhere and all these County roads connecting them. I need a little sliver with some County road and some other stuff in our due diligence, but like we're just not going to run out of deals and that's just one state, you know, um, oh, it, yeah. it, there's Crazy talk nice. of like overpopulation and stuff. And it might feel like that if you live in a high rise, you live in a dense city, but you get up in the air and it takes you five minutes to, to get out of the city. And then you're looking at the little blip of a city over there and you're like, yeah, it's, it's populated over there. But I mean, most of America's rural land, the overwhelming majority of it. And there's just like, so anyway, my point is yeah, community, you can connect with people around the country and you're doing, you're not, you're not trying to buy a hundred thousand acres, you're trying to buy 20 K deals. So I imagine yeah. there's a lot to go around there, right? Yeah, there definitely is. And, you know, people ask me about that all the time. Like, aren't you, aren't you scared? You're going to teach all these people to do it and they're going to take all your deals. I'm like, no, I mean, honestly, I, I say that, I say that same thing that you just went into. It's like flying from say California to Florida or California, to New York or something like that you just fly over the country and you're like, Oh my God, this is, there's just like so much emptiness. And especially so if empty. you're driving across the country too, which we did a couple of years ago. And it's just uh -huh. like, you know, it's all dirt. It's yeah. Just all dirt. 
Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's there's plenty of opportunity for for everyone, and I I you know I always feel that way. I don't I don't have that I don't have that mindset. You know that uh, I, I'm more of the abundance side of things. I think. Yeah, so. that seems to be a real thread among successful entrepreneurs that uh, it is an abundance mindset, and and that's you know, I don't know. I, I adopted that a long time ago, or maybe I've got a just kind of innately or born with some of it, but uh, seems to be a real common thread among successful entrepreneurs. There's plenty of deals. And then you're going to be, is. you're going to meet a million new partners through the, through the program and everything else. Yeah. Um, well, how about the podcast, man? Did you guys, um, you mentioned earlier that you're publishing weekly, but what, what is it? What's the, you know, how'd you get into it? How's that going? Oh, it's been great. We just launched that at the beginning of January as well. It's been something we've been wanting to do for a while, but I didn't realize how much actually work is involved with it. Um, and right. we've got a company helping us with the production and, and all that kind of stuff behind the scenes. But uh, just the planning and, and getting it off the ground took way longer than we thought. My wife was probably on me for five years to get it done. But <laughs> <laughs> it's called Turning Profit. And it's essentially it's about real estate investing with a real heavy focus on land flipping. Cool and land investing, which is what we do, and yeah, so it's uh it's been a lot of fun, and it's it's been a it's been a great experience so far. And I'm you know I'm a very consistent person, so I know that's where a lot of podcasts kind of fall off. They can't get that consistency down, or they go real hard for a while and, and drop off. So that's not yep. like a concern for me at all. It was getting it, getting it started, getting the getting it set up right. That was that was my concern. But now that we've got it going, we're kind of like clockwork. You know, every week we film a new one and just uh, trying to put out the best stuff we can learn from each episode and what went well, what didn't go well and try to get better each time. But yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It is fun. Um, you guys having guests or is it just you and your wife? Uh, yeah, some some guests and some just uh, just us talking about different topics related to, to land. So cool. Is it all is it pretty much all land? I mean, you guys, it's what you guys do. So. Um, yeah, like when it's when it's just us, we're generally talking about land flipping. When we have guests, we'll talk about other topics within real estate investing as well. Yeah. So yeah. So we'll we'll cover it all. And as long as it's you know something to do with real estate investing or something to do with helping real estate investors, that's that's the kind of stuff we'll talk about on there. Yeah, love it. Yeah, podcast great. It's I think about it as kind of a forced networking. You know, if I didn't have my podcast, I publish weekly as well. And that was my goal was, well, I'm just going to be consistent. And, and it's been several years now. And, and there's probably a million things we could do better in terms of marketing it. But it's, we are consistent. We publish every Thursday, no matter what, you know, hell or high water. And that's, but it's forced me to, um, to meet just, you know, shoot, man, I'm meeting at least 52 new people a year. That's and awesome. talking about new ideas and and so selfishly, that's been, that's been pretty cool. And then you never know when you meet an investor or something like, oh, we listen to a bunch of the podcast episodes and you're like, Oh, well, I can pretty much know me then. I mean, that's the same on the podcast as I am. Right. I am who I am, yeah. <laughs> if you've already spent a bunch of time with me. That's really cool. And that's scale scalable kind of relationship building. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's fun, but it is, it is some work. If you're thinking of starting one kind of, kind of map that process out first um, before you kind of commit to it. Cause last yeah. thing you want is, and episodes out there. And then that's, that's it. On <laughs> yeah. the podcast, podcast world. Well, so you've got the community now. I'm, I'm kind of curious what you see as like stumbling blocks. You know, somebody, somebody uh, comes to you or finds you and they're like, man, it, 
you know, I could put together $20,000 to do a land deal. And I see this all the time in multifamily. There's like this common set of misconceptions or common stumbling blocks on the land side. What do you see when somebody's trying to figure this thing out that they're just, are, are, is there, is, is there a commonality there that people are not thinking about or like common issues that prevent people from getting up and getting one of these deals done? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so for us, we generate all of our business with direct mail. It's all about sending out mail, cool. sending out actually offer letters to people. So yeah. that's how we generate our deals and that's how we generate our business. So there, there's a group of people or a group of investors that are really interested in it, but they can they never never can get that consistency down in sending out mail. They might send it a batch, get really yes. busy, and yes. then they realize you know the phone's not ringing anymore, and then they got to send in another batch, and they're constantly on the roller coaster. Mm -hmm. So that's one common thing I see. Uh, another common thing I see is people that will send out mail, but they can't seem to really pull the trigger on on deals, mm -hmm. and that's pretty much because they they don't have confidence in their deal evaluation. Like they don't, they maybe they don't really understand how to evaluate properties, right? And like, what's a good property? What's a crappy property? What's a, what's a good deal? What's a bad deal? Mm -hmm. uh, so they're unsure. They never really get that deal evaluation side of things down. And I think for that reason, they may struggle or they may buy some deals where it's not really a deal. And then they struggle to sell them because they're trying to list them for too high and it just doesn't work, you know? So those types of things are important. I mean, you know, the second one, the deal evaluation things, I think you just really, with anything, you have to put in your reps. You know, you have to really, really focus on that for for some amount of time to really get good at that and collaborate with people and try to learn from them and what they're doing as well and look at the type of deals that are out there, other people are doing, and really just focus on that. But if you do spend the time and you really get into it and you really dig into it and really focus on it for a while, then uh, everything becomes so much easier and the business becomes so much easier and you can, you know, hopefully uh, be very profitable with this, uh, with this business model. Yeah. I love it. I think, yeah, there's no substitute for the reps on the analysis side. I see that a lot in multifamily too. It just, you look at it at first and you're like, uh, this is, this looks like Greek, anything, right? Any new yeah. endeavor of, of study. It's just like, oh man, this is a mess. And I, it's just no shortcuts for the, getting the reps, oh. right? I mean, you just got to look at a million deals. And then, and, you, and you know, like when I started doing it and I'm sure when you started doing it too, it's like awkward. It's like, you, oh, oh yeah. am I going to get this? Everyone else seems so far advanced to me. And, yeah. you know, and I came from the residential side. I just knew nothing about land though. I mean, yeah. not, not in the way this business model use it. So it was awkward for me too. And, and I really had to put in that time and, uh, but I picked it up and I got it, you know, anyone can, I think, as long as they really do that stuff, even my kids, they really understand it now. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting, like, you know, we, a lot of us, you go to school or maybe even to college, it's like you put yourself through hell on some stuff just because you kind of, somebody told you to, but <laughs> you you won't take it upon yourself to put yourself through a little bit of hell for a huge, I mean, you daughters with a, you know, 10x return on their money, right? It's like, that, yeah. you think that'd be worth going through a little hell to figure I out think. how to do that. But sometimes without somebody, um, you know, standing over us in the classroom or whatever, we're just not going to do that so uh, but that's definitely a common denominator but among any successful real estate investors like you you looked at a million deals for sure yeah. to get that uh to get to the point where you can kind of look at a deal and and know right away uh if it makes sense so you guys man i, I like the trajectory a lot you mentioned that at the at the beginning and 
you said your target for this year is is what's the target? Ten million. Ten million plus. Yeah. Yep. In so, revenue. In revenue, yeah. And gross yeah. profit. You know, trying to do fifty percent gross profit. Solid. So we'll probably fall a little bit short of that. Um, my averages would probably, you know, as we get into the bigger deals, it's harder to double our money on each of those deals. So. Sure. Sure. Uh, I think we're going to be 40 north of 40% though profit margin, which is, which is pretty decent. So, yeah, no, that's freaking awesome. Sounds like you're running a software company or something with those kind of margins. <laughs> that's freaking awesome. Um, so how do you pick the goals? I, I always kind of pick a goal that I feel like is maybe slightly impossible and just try to yeah. push, push toward it. Um, and I'm, I'm often surprised how the pieces come together in a way that sometimes shocks me, but what, how do you think about your goal setting? Well, last year I was I, at the beginning of the year. I thought I can I can do five million. Ended yeah. up at three and a half. So, uh, but I went from one point two million and some change the year before. So I almost tripled yeah. it. Yeah. So then I thought this year, okay, I did almost three point five. I can triple that. So that's where I came up with ten. So cool. Yeah. 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 I love it, man. What does the team look like now? Or is it all partners? Is it VAs? Is it local? How do you how do you set all that up to run all this? Well, we're all across the country. Well, actually all across the world. I've got some VAs in, um, you know, overseas. Yep. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got all the diff, all list off the positions I've got now. I've got, well, first of all, I have a phone answering service, but they're just uh, kind of an outside contractor. They answer the phone for us 24-7. But yep. on my team, I've actually got a lead manager that inputs all the deals that come in into the system. He's mm -hmm. also kind of the due diligence manager, meaning he orders any of the due diligence stuff we need to order like photographer or due diligence kind of reports with the company that we use for that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I've got two acquisition managers that they their jobs are to deal with the incoming leads that come in. And basically they're calling or emailing, texting the you know, the inbound leads and, and talking directly with the property owners to see if we can work out a deal. I've got a head of acquisitions. He was previously just property analyst on our team, but looking at deals and just kind of putting a number on them and, and looking at reviewing all the due diligence. And he's kind of now morphed into being in charge of the whole acquisition side of the thing of things. Cool. Um, got another person that's a list manager. And basically he pulls together all the lists and does some data stuff for me on that. And he also kind of helps with the, the, our, our business system software that we use. And, uh, I've got a, a transaction manager that handles all the transactions for the buy side and on the resale side. And I also have a, a asset manager and her job is to kind of coordinate the, any value add type stuff that we do on these properties. And mm -hmm. then also, uh, handle the listings with the real estate brokers and agents. So, uh, and then I've got another kind of assistant that kind of fills in some pieces that that does some some other related things. And I've got uh, an executive assistant that kind of keeps all the team together and keeps pushing different projects forward for us. Cool. I love it. You guys remote? Yes, all remote. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. amazing. You can 100% do that now and think COVID accelerated yeah. that for a lot of businesses that weren't capable, but the tools are all there. Well, the thing I think is pretty cool about and is that I can source talent from anywhere in the world. Yeah. So I'm not just, not just like limited to people that I have in my area, you know? Yep. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. It's pretty cool that pretty cool that we can, we can do that. Um, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, Pete really appreciate you sharing, sharing the story and um, I love land deals and I love to kind of peek behind the curtain and see how other people are doing it. And so 
thank you for for sharing that. What's the yeah. community called, and how can people um, connect? We you mentioned your, the pro, the podcast is turning profit. Mm-hmm. Um, how can people check out the community? How can people connect with you and the team? Yeah, best place to go is turningprofit.com. That's obviously our website for the podcast, but also on there, I do a monthly income report for a land flipping business. Cool. So I break down everything going on in the business each month, like uh, gross. um, I do like uh, the revenue, the gross profit, every single deal we did, you know, like what we bought it for, what we sold it for, notes on that property, how many days we held it for, profit margin, all this kind of stuff. I do the the whole thing. Yeah. So every month I do that and that's on the site there, but we've got links then to the community on the website there. And then obviously links to the podcast and on YouTube and, and uh, you know, we're all always on, we're on all the other platforms as well. If you just search for turning profit. I love it. We'll link to it in the show notes. If you're listening, you can check that out. And um, it's exciting stuff, man. Congratulations on your success and rooting for you for the the 2023 target, man. Maybe we'll check back in in a year and, and have you on again and see how things are going. I'd love it. I'd love it. That'd be great. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it, Pete. Catch up soon. All right, see ya. See ya. Thank you for listening to the DJE Podcast. For more information, please go to djetexas.com.